This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we are in a bit of a pet boom in Vancouver because of COVID. A lot of people with new pets, and if you've got a pet and you want to know how to best take care of your little friend, we're going to talk to the owners of Bosley's in New Westminster, the Columbia Square store, about everything to do to keep your pet happy and healthy. But first, it's a look at the consumer news headlines from the past week. It was a big week for the Vancouver Aquarium. It now has new owners. The board of the aquarium announced on Thursday that ownership has been transferred from OceanWise Conservation Association to a company called Hirschend Enterprises. Last August, the aquarium announced they were temporarily suspending all operations due to COVID, and it was looking like they might shut down permanently. Uh, This new ownership change is going to be controversial, though. Hirschend is described as North America's largest family-owned theme attractions corporation. They either own or have partnerships with a bunch of theme parks in the U.S., such as Dolly Parton's Dollywood in Tennessee, and they operate the Harlem Globetrotters. And the Vancouver Aquarium was the first public aquarium in Canada when it opened in 1956. It may be getting harder to access pirated content on the Internet. A government study has found that about a quarter of us do access pirated material, movies, TV shows, software, all sorts of stuff that we're not paying for. So the feds are opening up a consultation to take a look at how to control it. One of the ideas is to allow Internet providers extra power so they could block the content. But one consumer advocate is a little concerned about that. Laura Tribe is with Open Media. She says that we already don't have much choice when it comes to internet service providers. And we have to make sure any extra power to block certain sites isn't abused. And if you've tested positive for COVID-19 in the last week and also happen to have a cat, the BC Center for Disease Control wants to hear from you. Uh, The way COVID-19 spreads among cats is the subject of a new study on the Lower Mainland. They figure it might give us even more details about how the virus is spread among people. Public health veterinarian Dr. Aaron Fraser says the study focuses on cats rather than dogs because it's been shown that cats can transmit the virus to other cats. Eligible cats will be subject to some oral and rectal swabs as well as blood samples, but it's all done close to home so as to reduce any stress caused to pets. And I know my cat, Millhouse, uh, I think would be very stressed if you gave her a rectal swab. I don't think Millhouse would like it. Uh, but if you have a cat and you've got COVID, you just got it in the last week, uh, you might want to uh, check with the BC Center for Disease Control. And if you have a cat or a dog or a bird or any kind of pet, you'll want to stay tuned because coming up on Vancouver Consumer, we're going to talk to the pet care experts at the Bosley store in New Westminster, the Columbia Square store, all about the pet boom that's going on right now in uh, the Lower Mainland because of COVID. And we'll, all, we'll talk about uh, how you can best take care of your little friends and keep them healthy and happy. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. 
Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and there's a a cartoon you've probably seen. It's a dog and a cat, and the dog says, "Uh, the pandemic has been great. Uh, My people uh, never go out. And the cat says, oh, I hate this pandemic. My people never go out. Uh, And that's the difference between cats and dogs, but we love them all. We love our pets, and uh, our guest right now, really loves pets, and she's also an expert in pets. Karima Javraz is the owner of Bosley's in New West, Columbia Square store, and uh, she's with us now. Hi, Karima. How are you? Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm very well, and uh, I'm kind of... uh, I used to be just a dog person. Now I have a dog and a cat, but it seems like we're in kind of a COVID pet boom uh, in the lower mainland, and it's probably like this everywhere. But I, I guess, have you ever seen anything like this? As someone who was in the, the pet care industry, the pet industry, have you ever seen anything like this when it comes to pets and people and how important they are? So COVID has made the situation a lot more exaggerated. In the 10 and a half years that I've been in the pet industry, pets are really, really, really important to people and their families. And they're good for you. They're good to have, it's good to have a pet. Pets are known to help bring your blood pressure down, help you with your cholesterol, get you out for exercise, especially if you have a dog or a cat that's trained to walk on a harness. Um, so pets are good for you and they're healthy to have in your home. Mm-hmm. And and now when people are are stuck at home a lot more, I guess that's that's what people are doing. And 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 I guess you've seen definite cases of where people are their their sanity has been saved by their their pet. Absolutely. Um, you know, people are coming in with their new puppies, new kittens, whether it's a new hamster or a gerbil or a fish. People are wanting pets so that they have that company. And it's helping with that COVID isolation. It's bringing them in. It's allowing them to bond with a pet. And it's giving them the time that they never had to spend with a pet. And so when the pandemic started, there was a huge boom in adoptions. And it's still going. And there's also a huge boom in purchases of pets from breeders and other sources. Right. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, adoption services coming up because uh, Bosley's is involved in that. And uh, you know full well the, the pitfalls of that. But let's just talk about people who, uh, who suddenly find themselves with a kitten or a puppy. And I, I, we got a dog, a puppy, uh, about uh, almost two years ago now, or I guess about a year and a half ago. And it surprised even me uh, about, because it's been a long time since I've had a puppy, and it surprised even me how much energy they have and how needy they are. And it, it slowly, they slowly get less needy. But, but what do you say to people before they buy a puppy or a kitten? So my biggest piece of advice is do your homework. Know what you're looking for. Because if you're going to go get a dog that's not suited to your lifestyle, if you're a couch potato, trust me, you don't want an Australian cattle dog. You don't (laughs) want a lab. Uh, Because then you're going to be in big trouble. It's not the right match. So do your homework. 
find out what type of dog is going to suit your lifestyle. It's the same with a cat. Don't go out and spend money on a bangle if you don't have the time to work with a bangle and do all the enrichment and do all the work it needs to keep it busy and occupied. You know, like a basic domestic cat will serve you just fine if you're a couch potato. So those are the things I say. And I always stress that a pet is a lifetime commitment. It's not, ooh, look at that cute little pooch. And then six months down the road, oh, it's too much work and I'm going to give it away. These are lifetime commitments that you're making. So you need to be sure that this is what you want and that you're willing to take care of this animal for its lifetime. Right. And if you're in a small apartment, maybe a little uh, dachshund is, is a good way to go. Yeah, a little dachshund. They can, you know, very a little dachshund, a little Yorkie, something like that. That's appropriate. However, I have been proven wrong. There have been big dogs that are super lazy and are couch potatoes, and they're quite happy in a little apartment. Right. But again, it depends on the owner and how much they're willing to work in giving the proper life, in, in ensuring that the pet has the proper exercise, enrichment, food, training, etc., to make it happy. Yeah, because the dog we got, Gallop, uh, is, uh, we've discovered, is ridiculously fast and can run like the wind. And I've discovered a few fenced-in dog parks that I take her to. And uh, it's a lifesaver. It's, and it's become part of my routine now is to go to these dog parks and then the dog just, just gets her zoomies out, runs around for a long time, then comes home and then just sort of lazes around. Works out yeah. well. It works out well. So some dogs do brilliantly in dog parks, and then there are some dogs that should never go to dog parks. <laughs> yeah. My dog is, not, I have two dogs. Tiger is 13 and Coco is three. Tiger is Mr. Chill at the dog park. He's like, hey, how's it going, dude? Whereas Coco is like, I'm going to kill you. So Coco doesn't go to the dog park. It's You just have to know. Coco's not suited at the dog park, and it's not the right environment for him. And I'm setting him up for failure if I take him into the dog park. So Coco doesn't go to the dog park. I work other ways to get Coco his exercise. Tiger, on the other hand, is just chill to walk around, say hello to everybody, play, and then be like, okay, I'm done, got to go. Mm-hmm. Now, will you, so you need to know that. You've stumbled on something interesting, uh, Karima. Karima is the owner of Bosley's in New West, uh, Columbia Square store. Um, the dog park. Um, are there things that people need to know about dog parks? There, There's one park that I go to and there's a little sign where a little dog was actually killed by a bigger dog. Um, do people need to be a little bit more cautious about uh, who, you know, when they take their dog to the dog park? Are they a little too trusting when they go into those fenced in areas? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you go into a dog park, It is your responsibility as your pet's owner to make sure that, one, you're paying attention to what your dog is doing, you're watching to see what other dogs are doing around them, and you're reading your dog's body language. Um, You know, if you know that your dog is is crazy about balls and people bring balls to dog parks, don't take your dog to the dog park. 
because your dog's liable to go run after other dog's balls and the other dog's going to get mad or the other owner's going to get mad and it's just going to cause conflict. You need to be responsible. Going into a dog park with your dog and taking your dog off leash does not mean that you just let your dog run around, run amok and not pay attention. You are supposed to be interacting with your dog. You need to be knowing what your dog is doing at all times. And if you see your dog starting to get uncomfortable or has gotten overexcited, it's time to leave. Because that's when the dog fights start and that's when somebody gets hurt. It's like that comic, right? It's all fun and games till you end up in a cone. Right. <laughs> or worse. Till right? yes, til you end up in a cone. The cone of shame. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> right? So as a dog owner, be responsible. Pick up after your dog. Dog poop is really bad for the environment. So make sure, even if you're in a dog park or in a trail, pick up after your dog. Know what your dog is doing at all times. If your dog has zero recall, dog parks are not place to go. Right. And being off leash is not the place to be. <laughs> and speaking of dog poop, uh, Bosley's is the place to go to buy those little plastic uh, containers where you put the biodegradable poop bags in it and attach it right to the dog's leash so you never can say you don't have a bag. Absolutely. We have several different op- options for you. Fancy schmancy ones. I've got pink bags, green bags, yellow bags, blue bags. Lemon scented, lavender scented, unscented. There are tons of options for poop bags. Yeah. So no excuse not to pick up after your dog. I think it's interesting that the poop bag is lemon scented because my dog sort of takes care of the scent. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but that's another thing. Uh, but let's, let's talk about uh, training. How important is it to when you get a puppy or a new dog, how important is dog training? Do you think every dog should go to puppy classes? Yes. Yes. That's an absolute yes. Mm-hmm. Your dog should go to a positive reinforcement trainer that will teach you the right way to train your dog, that will help you socialize your dog appropriately, and that will give you the tools to deal with all kinds of issues that crop up in the future. You know, whether it be um, a dog that is, you know, um, re- uh, protective over his toys or something, the positive reinforcement training is the way to go. And you start him at about uh, 10 weeks, 10 or 12 weeks, depending on your vaccinations, and you can do multiple. And, you know, the trainers can teach you amazing things. They can teach you things like nose work. They can teach you agility. They can teach you games that you can play with your dog to keep them occupied, healthy, and happy. And they're just a fantastic resource, especially when it comes to house training and socializing. So, yeah. Get a trainer. Don't be like, oh, I read on Google and it said to do this. Google isn't always right. Right. So Bosley's is a good place to go to find out about trainers and different classes and those kind of things. Absolutely. Most stores have a, a trainer that does training in-house. 
um, and classes run six weeks and they're pretty reasonably priced. I have a trainer, Liz from Fuzzy Buddy, that does uh, dog training for me at my store and she's super fantastic and she's done amazing work with my dog, Coco. I've had Coco for three years and we had issues and he's come a hell of a long way thanks to the training from Liz. Yeah, and one thing that we're going to do with Gallup, that's my dog, uh, is uh, agility training. Uh, I'm just, I'm currently looking into that because she's really good. Like if there's a big rock or something, she jumps on the rock. If there's something, something to jump on, she jumps on. So I'm, I'm very excited about agility training. Agility is so much fun for you and your dog. It's a great way for you to keep fit. It's also a great way for your dog. It it gets your dog to use his brain to how to go through the tunnels and weave through the poles and, and all of that. And that's your standard agility. But what Gallup is doing, hopping up onto rocks and onto, um, you know, logs and, and jumping from here to there, that's also a form of agility. And that's a great way to interact with your dog when you're out hiking and making your dog do things. Up, up onto a rock and you give him a treat. So now he knows if I hop up onto a tro- onto a rock, I get a treat, right? And, and those kinds of things. And it's a, just a great way to bond with your animal. It's such an awesome thing. Did you know that you can teach hamsters agility? You can teach rabbits agility. You can teach rats and mice agility. You can even teach your cat agility. Wow, that's <laughs> that sounds great. We are talking to Karima Jivraz. Uh, she's the owner of Bosley's in New West, uh, Columbia Square is uh, where the store is on Columbia. And uh, they are a pet specialty retailer and not just dogs and cats. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other animals. We'll also talk about adoption. Adoption can be uh, uh, sort of a tricky tricky road, but it can also be a very rewarding thing to adopt a pet. And if you are looking for a pet, we will talk about how Bosley's can help you. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we are talking about what could be my favorite subject, pets, animals, with Karima Jivraj. She is the owner of the Bosley's Columbia Square store in New Westminster, and we're talking about uh, all things dogs and cats, and not just dogs and cats. We should talk about this. When I was a kid, I used to love birds. I had a cockatiel. Uh, I always wanted a big parrot, but I they were always very expensive. But um, how how popular are birds as pets these days? So people like to have birds as pets. Um, there is a very limited supply of birds now available. Um, there are breeders, there are reputable ethical breeders that do breed birds for people to have as pets. Birds can be a lot of work. You need to make sure that you have enough, that they've got the right size cage, they have enough enrichment slash stimulation, you're interacting with them and you're doing things with them. Um, it's no longer times of change where you just had birds in a cage and that they were there, it's very different now. If you're going to have a bird or, um, you know, a hamster or gerbil, a rabbit, a mouse, a rat as a pet, 
it's really, really important that you know that they do need interaction. They do need to be picked up. They do need to be played. They do need to be groomed. All of these things are important. So, yes, have them as a pet, but know that you need to work. It's not just a little showpiece. And then once little Timmy gets, you know, bored of it, that's the end of it. That's not how it works. Timmy needs to be taught that this is a lifetime commitment for the animal. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very sad to see a, a budgie a parakeet yeah. in a cage that's just sitting there. That's quite horrible. I, I had a cockatiel, and it had this really cool cage that was open. You could close it or open it, but we would leave it open, and it would sit on a perch. And if you came downstairs and sat on the couch with a piece of toast, the bird would fly onto your head, slide down your hair, walk down your arm, and then start pecking at your toast. <laughs> it, was a yeah. gr- it was a great bird. I love that Thanks. bird. They're a lot of fun. I have a bird. I have a parrot, an African gray named Orville that I adopted from a local bird rescue a few years ago. I think maybe about six years ago. And Orville is a handful. Initially, he was here at the store. But last summer during COVID, I moved him to my mom and dad's house. And Orville has a ton of fun. As a matter of fact, Orville has now started calling Coco in my mom's voice to confuse the poor dog. (laughs) Coco swears I may or may not have had something to do with it. Um, But he's super intelligent. He shares his pasta with the dogs in the morning. Um, You know, so they're, they're a lot of fun to have. And he loves it when my nieces and nephews come over. He dances with them and he chats away with them. And so he absolutely loves it. Yeah. Um, but they need a lot of time and a lot of attention. Yeah. If you're talking birds, yeah, it goes without saying that it's a huge commitment and it's not like a showpiece. It's not like a piece of furniture. Yeah, absolutely um, that, not. <laughs> that's important. But let's talk about adoption. You just mentioned you adopted yeah. a, an African gray parrot. Uh, yeah. But uh, a lot of people are, are looking to adopt a pet and it's getting harder now because they're in sh- sort of shorter supply during COVID because people are looking for animals. But the the sort of pet adoption business is, uh, it's, there, it's very common Hello. to have d- disreputable dealers isn't it yes it is so there are ethical there are ethical um breeders there are ethical rescues and then there are unethical breeders and there are unethical rescues right so you need to do your homework what are the red flags you should look for um you know you're getting you're getting a dog that's coming in. Um, you know, you go online to Kijiji or you go online to any of these other places and you're getting, um, you know, and they're saying, oh, I've got a Pomeranian. It's $3,000. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm bringing it in from, you know, wherever. And I'm going to, and you have to pay for the flight cost. That should be a red flag. Right. 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 Like that should be a red flag. Where is it coming from? Has it had a health check? Has it been properly temperament tested? Has it, you know, given being given a chance to fly? If it's brought in, 
there's nothing wrong with flying in an animal, but are you bringing it in, giving it time to decompress, giving it an opportunity to to just chill before you change its environment again? Have you learned what it, like, does the rescue know what this animal is like? So those are the red flags. You know, the contract is not proper. There, there's all kinds of issues, and they're, they're avoiding giving you the information on what the vaccinations are, all of those things. Those are all red flags. So I say to people, be super, super careful. In the industry, these, these uh, people that are, are selling these animals, and they're constantly having animals for sale, we call them retail rescues. Right. Because they're just basically bringing them, charging a ton of money for them, and then moving on and doing something else, bringing in more. Whereas a reputable rescue will bring in one or two or three animals from, you know, a month and then work with them to make sure that they're ready to go into a good home and then adopt them out. And that's the same for an ethical breeder. An ethical breeder is maybe breeding one litter a year maybe two. But a breeder that is breeding multiple litters a year, that's not an ethical breeder. That is almost like a backyard, what we call a backyard breeder or a puppy mill. So these are the things you need to question. Why does one phone number or why does one um, group seem to have multiple puppies and, and they're constantly having puppies? Where's that coming from? And that's a huge, huge red flag. One of my biggest peeves for the retail rescues is them putting out a sob story, looking for a flight angel, and making somebody that's on vacation come back from wherever they're at, whether it's Mexico or the Dominican or, you know, Taiwan or wherever, bringing this dog in as their own animal using the flight escort and circumventing the CFIA and CBSA rules mm-hmm. to make money. And right. that's a huge issue. Yeah. And your, your part, uh, Karima Jivraj, who's our guest, she's the owner of the Bosley's uh, Pet Store in Columbia Square in New Westminster. And you're involved in the Pet Industry Joint Advisory Council for Canada? Am I saying yes, that right? Yeah. Yes, and so yes. I, I guess that's one of the big issues. What What are some other issues that that you're dealing with uh, about the pet industry? So there, you know, the pet industry is a massive industry. It's almost fifty eight billion dollars annually in North America. Wow, that's just North America, and it's huge. So. PJAC Canada, as we call it, the Pet Industry Joint Advisory Council for Canada, works with um, retailers, we work with manufacturers, distributors, veterinarians, groomers, trainers, um, everybody that's in the pet industry to make it better. We advocate, for example, when COVID hit, we advocated along with the CFIB to keep pet specialty stores open right across the country because we're essential. Not everybody can buy their food at a big box store for their pet. Right. And so that was one of the key things. And we do advocate for things. We advocate for proper, you know, proper standards. If you're, um, you know, whether they... 
PTAC Canada has what we call the best management practices. So if you're keeping animals, you need to be following these best management practices to ensure that the animals are getting the best care possible when they're with you. Whether they're a foster animal working in your store's adoption program or whether it's an animal for sale. There are these best management practices that should be followed for ethical, responsible Right. Karima Jivraj is the owner of Bosley's in New Westminster on Columbia. It's the Columbia Square store. And uh, in the time we have left, I have to ask you a, a simple question. How important to to- are toys, for, especially for dogs, but even for cats too? How important are, are pet toys? Pet toys are super, super important because that's your way of enriching your pet's life. Whether it's a ball that you throw in the park, it's a way for you to bond. But enrichment toys are super important. Whether you use a dog puzzle to feed or multiple puzzles to feed your dog or cat, making them, you know, and you can make enrichment toys at home. Very simple. You can go online and Google all kinds of enrichment toys. You can make a snuffle mat at home and put your dog's food on the snuffle mat or your cat's food on the snuffle mat, and they have to work to get their food out. It's important to stimulate their brain and to make sure that they're using their brain um, to do activities. And it's a great way for you to bond with your pet. You know, we offer all kinds of puzzles, all kinds of enrichment feeding dishes, and all kinds of different options. Um, Stores have classes on making snuffle mats or different things. Um, Those are the things that will really, really help you. One of the easiest ways to make an enrichment toy is to get a paper towel core or a toilet roll core, putting some treats in there, folding the ends and giving it to your dog or cat to figure out how to bring out the, the treat and eat it. It doesn't have to be dramatic. A simple brown paper bag, you can put a bunch of treats in there and let the dog or cat rip it open. Or even a hamster or a rabbit or a gerbil rip it open to get to the treat. Those are really, really important to your pet. Enrichment is super, super important to them, for them to have a healthy, happy life. And uh, really quickly, in the time we have left, what about mm-hmm. what about raw food? Uh, more and more people are feeding their animals raw food. How, yes, they are. Are, are they you are. a big uh, proponent of that? I like raw food. It is probably the largest growing alternative food um, in the industry right now, alternative as opposed to kibble. And there's so many different options out there. Bosley's carries, uh, you know, Red Dog, De- Red Dog Blue Cat, which is a local BC company. They make raw dog food and cat food. And we also carry a national brand called Big Country Raw. And there's all kinds of different options in raw food. Raw bones are healthy for your dog. Um, chicken neck raw chicken necks can be fed to your cat it's all healthy food and it's natural food and it's pure food a lot of vets aren't going to like me saying this but it's good for your animal vets are not really happy about it but it's science there is science behind feeding your dog raw dog or cat raw food it's healthy right. it's natural and it's it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing some animals do, some dogs and cats do fantastically well on it, some don't. So it's just, it's just knowing what your pet is going to like. Well, thank you so much, Karima. 
Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, and I can't wait to come into the store. I'll I'll introduce you to Gallup, my dog. Anytime. We (laughs) love meeting our devoted pet lovers and their pets. Right on. Absolutely. Thank you, and have a great day. Yeah, you too. Karima Jivraj is the owner of Bosley's in New West, the Columbia Square store. Everything you need for your dog, your cat, or whatever animal you have. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and when we come back, we're going to ask Andrew. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, and it's all about rents on this edition of Ask Andrew. We ask our executive producer, Andrew Ferreira, about what's going on in the Lower Mainland. And uh, the real estate boom has uh, just skyrocketed in the Lower Mainland. But what does that mean for rents? And uh, a lot of people are watching. Are rents going up? Are they going down? And Andrew has some uh, insight into that. Yeah, so, and I mentioned to you in the break, this is low-hanging fruit, but <laughs> it's delicious low-hanging fruit. Yes, that's true. Um, because, boy, it seems like whenever we get a chance, we'll talk about rent. Um, rent's going up, rent's going down, rent's going never side. Well, actually, it is going sideways in a bunch of places. Um the April kind of median rent uh, pad mapper came out with its uh, monthly kind of dealio. Um, uh, the two most expensive rental cities in Canada, well, big surprise, Vancouver and Toronto, yeah. uh, have, this is interesting, have remained flat on a monthly basis for the first time since January 2020. Oh, wow. Uh, it's still horribly expensive. <laughs> uh, a one-bedroom rent here in Vancouver will fetch you about 1900 a month on average. Uh, in Toronto, uh, 1750 uh, one, I guess, the third most expensive city to rent in in the country is? What's that? Burnaby. Burnaby? Burnaby at 1700 a month for a one-bedroom. Wow. Uh, rounding out the top five, and I, uh, rounding out the top five is Barrie, Ontario at $1,650, uh, and Victoria at 1540 Right. So those are the five most expensive. Barrie, Ontario. And I, and I think that might be a symptom of COVID. Some people, I think, might want to move out to the bedroom communities. Yes. Live a little bit further out where things are a little bit less crowded. You look across the board here at their uh, at the at the risers in their top 24. Uh, Barry went up one spot. Uh, another bedroom community, Oshawa, up two spots uh, in terms of rent. $14.50 a month in, in Oshawa for a one-bedroom. Interesting. Uh, other risers on the list, Hamilton and Montreal, both up by one spot. St. Catharines, Ontario, up by one spot. And Kingston is up by two at twelve seventy a month. Wow, that's and I can understand why the island Victoria would be going up. Exactly. Uh, looking at the at the droppers, actually, uh, Victoria uh, in the last ranking was fourth in the country. Now it's fifth. Oh, um, the biggest drop is Kitchener. They're down three spots to thirteen fifty a month. They're number eleven in the country. Uh, there's been also a shift in the bottom of the table, if you will. Um, last ranking. St. John's, Newfoundland was the uh, least expensive rental city in the country. Um, they are now they have now been overtaken by Quebec City. Uh, the average one bedroom rent in Quebec City is and brace yourselves, Vancouverites, Surreyites, oh, Burnabyites. Uh, the average one bedroom rent in Quebec City is seven hundred ninety dollars a month. Wow. Uh, and two bedroom rents, one thousand one hundred fifty. Wow. So you know if you're looking for a new place to go, St. John's and Quebec City two horribly gorgeous cities yeah May, I, i'm shocked they're the cheapest cities yeah because they're gorgeous beautiful. uh actually st john's is two bedroom rent per month is cheaper than quebec cities get this for two bedrooms you're looking at 9 30 a month in st john's newfoundland wow 
So, uh, you know, something to, to think about, to chew on here as, uh, as we proceed through April. Um, at the top of the table, it's actually been a little bit flat, which is, is good news for most of us. And at the bottom of the table, well, goodness gracious, you know, if you've been thinking about uh, taking off for different climbs, not a bad time. Yeah. Not a bad time. Well, thank you, Andrew. That is Andrew Ferreira, the executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back, some big news at the Vancouver Aquarium to tell you about. We'll also talk mortgages with Angela Calla. If you've got a mortgage that's coming up for renewal, you might want to listen because she can uh, help you save a lot of money. And uh, that's all coming up when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.